0: You've got a decision to make before you hear this sermon. Go ahead and apologize to you beforehand. You've got a decision to make before you hear this sermon this morning. Are you here seeking the Lord's will, trying to find out what the Lord wants from you? Are you seeking the Lord? Or are you here, but you're not really here? You know, you know what I mean by that? You're here physically, you're sitting in the pews, but you're not here. Which one are you this morning? You've got to make a decision this morning. If you're if you just here, but you're not here today, if you're not really here, this sermon's not going to make very much sense to you. Okay? You're not going to get a whole lot out of it. I'll go ahead and give you a warning now. If, if you're not willing to be a seeker of what God wants for your life, this sermon is, is just really not going to make a lot of sense. Okay, so I want, I want everybody to be, to be here this morning. But if you are a seeker, you will, you will glean, you will obtain answers to questions like, how can I grow closer to the Lord? You know, I've heard these statements. Maybe you've said them. You know, Jesus gets so so cryptic sometimes. He, he says things that are, that are really too hard for me to understand. I've heard this. I've heard this from some of you. I read. I don't understand. I become bored. I lose focus. And I don't even try to read my Bible anymore. Why can't, he, why can't Jesus just talk plain, I've heard some of you say? Why can't he just talk plain? Why can't he just tell us what he wants? Well, Jesus had many ways of teaching. He spoke spoke very plainly. He used analogies. But one way Jesus didactically or or morally instructed the people and us today is parables. And my question to you this morning is, why parables? Why did Jesus use parables? Fully one-third of Jesus' teaching was by parable. As we continue to look at the life of Christ this year in this series of sermons on the life of Christ that we try to do once a month, we'll stop and look closely today at his teaching by parable. And before we look closer at the parables Jesus used to teach us, we'll first answer this question and many others, why parables? I said at the beginning of the sermon that you had to make a decision on whether or not you are a seeker of the Lord's will today or you're just here. Let me show you why. If you would please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And this is where we will exclusively be today. We'll have a a few scriptures from, from elsewhere in the New Testament. But in Matthew chapter 13, and I'll try to have them on the screen, the verses as well. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is near the Sea of Galilee in a house speaking, it says, chapter 12, verse 46, to the multitudes. His mother and brothers, they came. And chapter 13, verse 1, because of the crowd, maybe, Jesus on that same day, he went out of the house and sat by the sea. And so many came, verse 2. He got in a boat uh, when he was there by the sea. He got into a boat and the multitude that had had been in the house, they stood on the shore. And verse 3, then he spoke many things to them, the multitude, in parables. The parable that Jesus speaks to them here, and the parables of Jesus are rich with meaning. We must be careful, though, not to overthink the parables, looking for meanings where there's, where there's not a meaning. But we each and every one can understand and grasp the meanings of the parables of Jesus. How? Well, in verse 3 begins the parable of the sower. Now, put yourself in the shoes or the sandals of those during the days of Jesus As you're standing there on the shore and he's gotten into a boat and he's teaching you this great parable of the sower. You may have been hearing Jesus for the first time. You may have been following Jesus for a while. But what you're witnessing is a very definite shift. A very definite shift in the teaching style of Jesus. Because before this, recorded before this, Jesus used comparisons. He used analogies. But now He tells you a story. Now He's teaching with a narrative. He's teaching, but you don't know that you're being taught. You certainly don't have the benefit of verses 18 through 23. When He tells you the parable of the sower here in verse 3, and he begins that parable. You don't have the benefit standing on that seashore when Jesus is teaching and telling that parable. You don't have the benefit of verses 18 through 23, which tell you the explanation of the parable. The story Jesus tells is is something you know a little bit about. And we know a little bit about this today. It's it's getting spring here, isn't it? The sun is shining. We We have beautiful days. A lot of you may be overseeding your lawns yeah you understand about sowing seed everything in this parable is plausible nothing in this parable is is something that that that's that's a fantasy H. Leo Bowles says a parable differs from a fable in that it never represents impossible circumstances such as walking trees and talking animals he said Jesus ne- never violated reality in his parables the story with a moral meaning, the, the parable about something that's even very quite common today, we can understand it. We can understand a, a sower who sows seed. We can, we can understand the birds, can't we? We can understand the, the hot sun that bakes the new newborn plant. We can understand the weeds that grow around the plant that's, that was supposed to have been grown. We can understand even the crop, but without the explanation of the sower given in verses 18 through 23, could we understand this parable? Put yourself in their position. After the parable of the sower, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, now this this could include the apostles and others. In verse 10... They asked the question and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak, why do you speak to them, why do you speak to the multitude in parables? They did not understand the parable. Maybe maybe that's the reason they asked the question. Or maybe they were asking for the benefit of the multitude. Verse 11, Jesus said, answered their, their their question here in verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Why? Why was it given to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but not to the whole multitude? Why parables? The question still not answered. The answer is the reason I asked you to make a decision this morning before the sermon ever began verse 12 for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have an abundance but whoever does not even what he has will be taken away from him everyone on that shore heard the parable of the sower but only a few wanted to know more The parable veiled the truth from the casual observer. It hid the truth from those not willing to receive the truth. The words of the kingdom is what Jesus is talking about. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus is talking about. The kingdom that Jesus came to establish but only a a few wanted more. Only a few wanted Had the willingness to to try to understand what Jesus was talking about. Only a few had the hunger to seek after the truth. Are you a seeker? Are you a disciple? Or are you just part of the multitude? Just Just a hearer only? Hear, but not really hearing. The good news of the kingdom was veiled. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ should shine on them. If you are not spiritually minded you will have a hard time understanding the parable of the sower in verses 3 through 9 even with the explanation of the parable of the sower in verses 18 through 23 and you'll have an even harder time with the parable of the pearl of great price in verse 44 that has no explanation. If you're not spiritually minded... You have got to want to understand. You've got to want it. But if you, have, you don't have the want to, like the birds that take the seed, what you have will be taken away. You know, my daddy, chasing a rabbit here, my daddy... Uh, was talking about some guys uh, that he knew a few weeks ago who were growing up, had all the opportunity, all the money, all the resources, were wonderful, wonderful golfers, but they didn't have the want to. If you don't have the want to, you can have all the opportunity in the world. He didn't make a hill of beans if you don't want to do it. And you know, you've got some kids who have all the want to. They have all of the ability, but they don't have any of the resources. They don't have, they don't have anybody that's there to help them swing the bat or hit the golf ball or throw the football or, or bounce the basketball. They don't have that. They don't have any of those blessings. But they have the want to. They have a desire. But they probably never will be great at anything because they don't have the opportunity. Young people and older folks, you guys have got the opportunity of a lifetime to understand the riches and the blessings and the power that comes from obeying Jesus Christ. Do you have the want to? Do you want to? Do you want this life? Verse 13. Therefore, here's the answer. Here's the full answer. I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. Why? Those that won't see and hear, they're not spiritually minded. That's why. Over in John chapter... Four, Verse 24, Jesus told the Samaritan woman, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, we've got a lot of folks today, we've got a lot of folks today who have a lot of spirit. They love the Lord, but they don't have the truth. And then we have a lot of people that are just dead spiritually. They've got the truth, they know the truth, but they're dead Spiritually hard to even wake them up. We've got to put the two together, don't we? To worship God acceptably, acceptably, we've got to worship in spirit and in truth. If we don't, well, then we're no better than the multitude on that beach 2,000 years ago. Who see but don't see. Who hear but don't hear who hear but don't really understand. Prophecy was fulfilled that day. It's continuing to be fulfilled even in this place here at Fountainhead. Verse 14, Hearing Isaiah says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Why, Jesus? Why was this true in Isaiah's time? Why was this true in your time? And why is it true during our day? Verse 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand where their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Church, you have got to want, you've got to want what Jesus has to offer. You've got to want it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, it says. You've got to want it. Do you want it? Do you want everlasting life? Do you want to be righteous and right with God? Jesus tells these disciples, verse 16, but you're not like this. You're not like this. You're blessed. He says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. You who understand. You who want to understand. You're blessed. How blessed you are. How awesome is your time that you're spending on this earth. You're so blessed. All those prophets... Verse 17, all those prophets, those, these good men that you read about in the Old Testament, they would have loved, they would have loved to see and hear and understand what, what's being taught that Jesus is teaching right now. They would have loved to have the opportunities that we have even today to see what you see, to hear what you hear. But they didn't. The Hebrew writer writes in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 these these in the old testament these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off were assured of them embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth so many though in this world feel right at home don't they they feel right at home in the world they've closed their eyes they've they've hardened their hearts When I was six or seven years old, my little sister, Rianne, was just pulling up on stuff. She was probably around one and a half, two. She had a wonderful, cute little defense mechanism that we used to laugh about at the dinner table. She'd be in her high chair. And if she got mad or she got embarrassed, what she would do was is she would just close her eyes. And see, y'all aren't here now. Y'all don't exist. If my eyes are closed, no, none of you exists, And I'm not embarrassed anymore because you can't see me. And I can't see you. We've got a lot of folks like that today, don't they? Don't we? They just close their eyes. Harden their hearts. If I don't, if I don't have to see it, if I don't have to hear about it, I don't, then I don't have to understand it. It's, it's not real then. You remember when you were little, don't you? You remember playing possum when you were little? You know? You you'd go in your room, you lay down, you play possum because your mama or your daddy may have been coming to get you to do a chore or two. And so you'd play possum hoping that they would see your precious angelic face and not get you out and mow the yard or take out the trash. Y'all out hear from some laughter. There's some that have played possum before. We've got a lot of possum players in the world today. We've got a lot of Christians who are possum players. Don't we? Close your eyes. Hope you don't notice. You've got to want it, folks. You've got to want this life. The Word of the Kingdom, the Kingdom of Heaven... What Jesus came to establish. That's, that's what He's talking about in these parables. He came to establish the church. He's talking about the church. That He came to establish the kingdom of heaven. As we learn in Matthew chapter 16 verses 16 through 18. I mean 18 through, 18 through 19. Look at verse 34. Matthew. Skip down to Matthew 13 verse 34. All these things. He's talking about the parables. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables and without a parable, he did not speak to them. Verse 35, that it, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Paul said this. Paul said this in Romans. I've got it on the screen here. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, this foundation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they, the ungodly in verse 18, are without excuse. There's no excuse on the last day to say, you know, this bored me. I was bored by your word. Really? If we close our eyes to the truth, do we really have an excuse? In our passage today, Jesus spoke seven parables, uh, eight if you count the scribe and the householder at the end of the parables. Uh, And we'll have an opportunity in this series to look at the life of Jesus and look at these parables. We'll go to parable school the next time we get to talk about the life of Jesus. And we'll look at each one of these parables in the next lesson that we have and understand more fully the, the truths that are cloaked in parable form that Jesus teaches here. But before we go, I want to point out some Bible truths that are not in parable form, and when looked at by the spiritual can be readily understood. There's no ambiguity in these in these scriptures I'm about to show you. nothing veiled it 's just plain truth. Are you ready? I want you to see them but before I show them to you, you've you, you got to answer the question. You've got to answer the question again. Are you a seeker seeking after God's truth or are you just here? Okay, let me show you. First one. Look upon the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 16 verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's pretty plain. There's, 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 he, if, you, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. There's no ambiguity there, is there? There's nothing here in parable form, is there? Do, do you see? Do you hear? You hear me? How about this verse? How about this verse? Nothing plain. Nothing hidden here. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, long suffering means patience, but that's about the only word that I see that might trip somebody up. Otherwise, this verse is pretty plain. You who need to repent, do you understand that you need to repent? One more passage. One more passage. And don't just see it. See it. Okay? Don't just hear it. Hear it. Okay? Understand it. Alright? One more passage. Are you seeking to do God's will or are you, are you just here? Remember, answer that question. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and notice this is, there's no parable here. This is not in story form. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you see yourself in this list? Did you, did you hear yourself? Are you seeking to do God's will or are you just here today? I'm glad you're here. If you're just here today, I'm glad you're here. Keep coming back. Maybe your eyes will be opened. Maybe your ears will be unstopped. I, I want you to keep coming back. The Lord does not want you to perish so repent repent if you believe you can have your sins washed away does that make sense then if you have need or if you long to be right with God it's my hope that you've answered this question in your heart this morning come right now as together